0: new year we've got new music and we have a new season for circle forum season three and our focus this season is on student engagement and the question what are the structures that inhibit or enhance student engagement at the district school or classroom level well welcome As we talk with our guest this week, Amin Abdul, teacher consultant for equity and co-founder of Black Staff Equity Alliance with the Greater Essex County District School Board in Ontario. And here are your hosts, Shelley, Steve, and me, Stan.
1: At Circle Forum, we respectfully acknowledge that the land on which we gather, work, learn, and live daily are the treaty and traditional territory of Indigenous peoples. We are grateful for our relationship with the First Nations of this territory, their care of and teachings about the land, the water, and all our relations. As a settler organization, we continue to journey to strengthen our understanding of our relationships with Indigenous people, communities, and nations, and of how to move forward together in a good way.
0: Thanks very much, Shelley, and welcome to season three. I can hardly believe it. We've got season three now of our uh, podcast Circle Forum and We are going to be focusing on student engagement and the kinds of things that get in the way, what kinds of things are getting in the way of student engagement. And we're very excited to get started this season with a special guest who's been here before, Amina Abdul, welcome.
2: Yes, thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be
0: back. It was great talking to you uh, back in September and you've got a new position that is a teacher consultant in equity Now, the question that we want to start with is what in your mind and your experience is student engagement?
2: Um, So when I really think about student engagement, what I think about is um, how students perceive um, schooling and how they perceive themselves within it. So student engagement is when students feel connected to their classroom, their material, um, and they feel that they can be their most authentic self. So student engagement is not a child has their hand up and they're um, speaking and they're completing things. Student engagement is a child is able to think critically, to um, um, be curious, to feel safe. So student engagement is the opportunities we create so that students can feel that they can come to a space and know that they should be in that space and that they have opportunities to be their most authentic self within it.
1: I love that uh, explanation or that uh, definition of engagement. I would just add also that, you know, as adults, we may believe we're creating all these opportunities for engagement or students to feel engaged. But we do need to check in that they are feeling engaged just because we think this is a wonderful opportunity to be engaged and we're offering for all sorts. We need to listen to them for what is engaging. Um, I remember being at a school and this school was working very hard with restorative practices and making sure every kid felt connected to their school. And there was a teacher, a couple of teachers that were totally shocked that the kids didn't feel this way. But we've done all this work. I, I know all their names. And But in that moment, they had the realization that they've missed something somehow. And it was about engagement. Just because we think it is engaging is not necessarily what the student thinks is engaging. So a check-in point for them.
3: Yeah. And I like, Amina, that you mentioned kind of what it isn't. It's just because students have their hand up and they're answering questions and doing the work doesn't necessarily mean they're authentically engaged in that work. They're, they're showing up and doing their job. And so we can sometimes as adults or people looking in from outside say, oh, well, they must be engaged. Look at what they're producing. But we don't ask those kids, are you really engaged?
2: Dr. Muhammad Khalifa, who does a lot of work in a culturally responsive um, pedagogy, says about that, that when we have especially racialized students, when we have them really achieving, what we have to ask is what do they let go of? or what do they sacrifice in order to present themselves in this way and in order for them to achieve. And that was something that really, when I read that and then I I was able to hear him speak, that made me think differently because when a student is giving you all those markers of doing very well, what is it that they may have internalized that they have to let go of? And what parts of their identity have they muted to be able to perform in this way and that is and, and and that is um something that has really got me to think even about my own learning journey as a student and 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 the ways in which i performed so that i could do well um and it was never something that i thought of as a loss because it just felt like this is what we do and as an educator i had to reevaluate did i value students who were able to perform in these ways more than other students who were more their authentic self.
0: What kinds of questions should we be asking in order to be able to determine that level of engagement?
2: What I think about right away is um, why it's centered on us as the educators and why it's not centered on the students and the families. I think that uh, there has to be a change in how we approach even doing sort of restorative work or even doing um, work to uh, provide better opportunities for our students. And what we need to do is we talk a lot about valuing student voice, but valuing student voice looks like going in and asking those questions. Prepare to hear responses that are hard to digest and that sometimes as educators, we might uh, personalize and we have to make sure we don't do that and realize that it's not about us, but about making, um, um, better choices and and better opportunities. But I would say step one is what do the students think? How do they perceive what, uh, is happening in their classroom? Um, and every child is going to, to think differently, uh, And we have to make sure that we are kind of getting out of this framework of, you know, um, we're going to have this programming for this type of racialized students. And um, these are the needs of this group. Well, even within a group, there's going to be varying needs. Uh, So I I think my first approach is um, a lot more conversations with students, centering their voices, respecting their um, autonomy, respecting Uh, um, their needs and also um, bringing in families more. I know that that is a a difficult uh, conversation sometimes. I know parent engagement is a whole other discussion, but uh, the parents, guardians, those who care for our students have a a deep layer of understanding that sometimes we um, superficially engage with. And so I think step one is rethink the way that we even approach making changes
0: now what i like about what you're saying too is that it is essentially a very simple but profound restorative question what do you think and then listening to the answers
1: and i like the piece you said that it's not you have to put yourself in a place that this is not a personal attack on me If I'm asking this question, it's because I truly want to know. Mm -hmm. And if we're following a fair process so that the Mm -hmm. the students or the families know, we're going to hear voices. We're going to talk about it. And people can then accept that everything that they list off that they need is not what's going to happen. But they will truly have felt heard and part of the process. And then... You're going to have a whole different level of engagement for sure.
0: What structures have you experienced that promote student engagement in the district, school, or classroom? And what structures have you experienced that does not promote student engagement?
2: First, I think it would be what works are structures that um, provide even opportunities for students to engage in different Languages. So if there's sets of um, work being sent home, um, is it being sent home uh, with our students in mind? Um, Are there opportunities uh, for students to engage with the work um, um, authentically? Uh, I think structures that work are ones that allow the student to understand that making mistakes um, is part of learning, that they are being listened to, um, tones and um, how the building looks like, that the images, It's all about very visibly and clearly showing that students are centered, that they matter, that um, they're not there to uh, just follow the rules and be a good kid and be a good student. I think what does not work are sometimes when we have structures that uh, are very rigid. So that philosophy of no child left behind sounds good in theory, but then what that equals is um work that is very rigid so for example it's like well you know we have a zero tolerance policy on blank that's not an a fair and equitable way to approach things and so rigidness is what does not work. Whether it's in the classroom and the teacher's like, no, you know, you know, you got your third star and and now you know you're out of the classroom for x amount of time. That does not work. Um, doing that as a whole school approach doesn't work. Being transparent, being very clear, um, allowing students to understand that they are on a journey, that they're going to be cared for, that if they make a mistake, that they're going to be brought in and not brought out. Uh, those are, are what I'm thinking about right now.
3: I see then as as maybe a structure or a roadblock is the inability for that student or the student's parents to voice that concern to someone that this is not working for our child or this is not working for me as a student, you being so rigid. So how do we get past all that? Isn't that one of
1: the first questions, really? I mean, we we think we're doing it, but then if people are not feeling that they can come and say, Mr. So-and-so, I don't feel I can be part of this conversation. Then right there, we've created a barrier because they don't feel they can even have that
2: voice as a parent. One thing um, years and years ago, a friend of mine said is we have to take the ego out of um, teaching. And I thought offhandedly like, yeah, of course, we we, we do have to do that. It's not about us. Um, but really, I think there is a lot of that. Um, when I I think about um, even the sometimes the Way the classroom functions. It's teacher-driven. I am at the front and I am giving you information. I am I am here to teach you, to give you, and it's always this top-down approach. Even when um, it's marketed as a oh, what do you think? There's a right answer at the end, right? And so, thinking about this idea of taking the the, the ego or um, not centering ourselves, we have to undo so much that we have seen um, growing up as ed, uh, uh, the, the image of a good teacher. We also have to undo what makes us comfortable And many times we do feel, especially when we're working with young people, we do feel that we know what's good for them, right? I care about you so much. I want to make sure that you're good. I want to make sure I'm giving something to you. Um, It's uncomfortable how you're navigating something that um, I don't know uh, uh, if I I would do it this way. So saying it and doing it are completely different. And I think especially when we are in positions where we're perhaps... Thinking about safety or school um, environment, the theory of student-centered and, you know, it's not about me sounds great, but the practice of it is difficult. And the practice of it is one where you have to be okay with not being the center. And you have to be okay that you're not the all-knowing. And though you say it, our egos don't allow us to always um, um, be okay with that. And sometimes too, it's, it might not even be ego. It might just be coming from a place of, I want to be helpful. And now I have this savior complex, not realizing I have the savior complex, especially and being very honest with ourselves, especially when it comes to Black, Indigenous, um, children of color, those in um, experiencing um, poverty, um, anyone that we, Uh, put into these marginalized boxes, we do have that savior complex. And we're going to come in and we're going to show them how to do it. And life is going to be better for them, not realizing that we're centering ourselves and not those around us. So the first step is really being okay with letting go of that type and knowing that it's very very painful because you're now allowing yourself to um, let go of something that you might value that you don't even know you value so um, that ego work sounds really bad when you first say it, and someone would be like I, I, I don't I'm not driven by ego like how dare you I don't have a savior complex I'm here to teach but teaching has been structured for a long time on the I am up here, and I'm the savior, and I'm coming down to implement and to share and to da da da. So it's not just a restructuring of so many things; it's um, undoing what we perceive um, um, teaching and administration to be, and knowing that we are going to play a different role, and it might not be the role that makes us feel all warm and tingly inside. I want
1: to just add to that because that is so bang on. But I want to add to it that we have to trust that people with support sometimes, can make good decisions or come up with solutions. We have to truly believe that about people, that we don't need to do this for them. They may need guidance, they may need the right questions asked, they might need some solutions offered, but They are able to do this work and they have to know that we truly believe that whatever those decisions are as a parent, even I remember my kids particularly just say just tell me what the answer is right because they just wanted me to It's much easier just to have it delivered and told what to do, but Mm -hmm. that doesn't make a healthy adult. They need to be able to make mistakes, have the support and come up with solutions and see if they worked or not as a young person. But with support is the key piece, but you do have to believe that they can do the work and then support them to do that.
3: It's it's really tough to let to put a new system in place where I don't have the control that I used to have and I have to sit back and let it go without jumping in and, and, and managing the situation.
2: I think there's a it's like an onion, right? So there's a bit of ego, there's a bit of um, control, there's um, a a bit of genuine care that maybe is um, uh, a little bit too uh, smothering almost. Like there's there's, there's different elements and everyone doesn't experience it the same way. Um, Some people are not coming from an ego place at all. They're not coming from a savior place, but they still might have the same impact. But you said something that I thought was interesting. You said that teachers, you know, we are in charge um, um, in the classroom. And that could still be true, but we just have to think we are in charge of what now? Mm-hmm. Um, we are in charge of uh, um, like, how do we see our ourselves then? So now are we going to see ourselves as facilitators of students feeling like they can um, um, take on more active roles and responsibilities? Is it going to be, um, we are in charge now of really allowing students to start relying on their, their peers and their own self um, rather than us. Like we can still decide how we're going to have that that sense of control um, and we can decide what we want to do. Like if we want to value that, we want our students to build really strong social bonds with each other. We want our students to um, be able to, I, I don't know, um, we want them to be able to articulate their needs or we have to really decide what it is that we want and that we have to have a different relationship with control and we have to have a different relationship with what it means to be a teacher at the front of the class.
0: This is why I love circles so much in the classroom. I really do because what happens
3: is I I can lay out the process as a teacher. We still have that that sense that we need to be controlling it. So as you say that's the hardest thing to give up for adults is giving away something that we've it's been ingrained in us as students we grew up having to be in a quiet classroom and now we expect it from the students we teach and so it's a real change, a real tough change.
0: So what's your restorative suggestion based on our conversation today
2: to start what i think is um giving yourself some grace so when i think of myself as an educator i know that i'm on a journey to always better myself and that i'm going to make mistakes along the way and that i have to have the grace to understand that i'm going to make these mistakes but i will be able to learn from them and fix them Um, and also caring for our own mental health and well-being Um, a lot of these conversations we have we talk about this has to be undone and this has to be undone okay but we are the people doing the undoing (laughs) and just like we, we value the mental health and well-being of our students we have to do that too because if you really want to engage in this work honestly it hurts It hurts to to think differently. It hurts for you to know that, wow, I thought these kids were so engaged and they actually have um, such a low perception of self. They don't even feel like they can be who they really are. And maybe in one of the responses, they said, I don't think my teacher knows anything about me. And man, that really, really hurts. What do you do for you after that? Because that's painful and you have to go back to the classroom and now make changes and do better. And so I would say have some grace and actively work on um, caring for your mental health and caring for yourself, because uh, if you want to do the work authentically and then be a positive part of the change, you have to to be okay going through that. Um, And I would say especially for um, educators um, and those in education that are of color, black, indigenous uh, um, and of color, that's even um, more of a need. Um, This work is very, very difficult. And many times, it's not a theory. It's lived experience. It's the lived experience of someone we care about. It's um, it's someone that looks like us that's had this experience. So um, I I know that I'm always on a journey to to make sure that I'm okay, because there's some days where there will have what seems like a conversation and I'll go home and I will just feel beaten down because it's hard and it hurts. And so first be honest with ourselves and, and make sure that we are doing the work to be okay. Secondly, There's no time to debate about this stuff. Um, When we think about student engagement, it's not, well, how can we keep what we know? And it's like, no, the work has to to be done and has to be done honestly. And so, centering students' um, identity, thinking um, and working through a culturally responsive pedagogy, um, um, reevaluating the way in which we approach um, what we think of as Uh, good uh, behavior poor behavior um, and doing that work very very honestly it's no there's no time for debate lastly what I'll say is in all of this work we have to value identity for a long time we try to be colorblind and and say you know we're all here to um, work with all of our kids and that has done a lot of damage and that is not not only is it not okay, it's um, very, very um, counterproductive to the work we're trying to do. So as we talk about this and the other, we have to value identity. We have to seek out um, um, this work uh, and, and we have to look at how that helps us to better meet the needs of our students. We have to let go of these colonial structures and truly value um, students and where they are. So that that's kind of what I'm thinking, care for yourself, Know that the work, there's no time for debate, and value the identity of those that are right in front of you. Wonderful.
0: Fantastic. She took all my answers. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you took everybody's answers. This (laughs) has been great. It's been great. We really, really appreciate you coming and joining us uh, again uh, on this podcast, and I wish you all the best in your new position.
2: Thank you again for having me and having these conversations, because they are really Thank
1: you. And
3: I hope we see you again or chat with you again. Yes. It be on there. Thank you.
0: It takes courage and grace to use restorative practices in a culturally responsive way. Like Amina says, we each need to give ourselves some grace in these conversations that can be hurtful to our understandings of what students need in order to be engaged in school. Now, if that raises a question for you about who's in control or charge of what's going on in the classroom, we'd love to have that conversation with you. Check out our virtual trainings and our website at circleforum.ca. Drop me an email to stan at restorative.ca and let's engage our students in those restorative conversations.